Good morning, lovely guys and gals, and welcome to the Bread of Life podcast. Welcome back to part two of this discussion on the Eucharist and the transformation of the Eucharist. We're just going to continue where we left off right away and get back into it. So let's let's take a look at a small passage. Um, John 20 verse 19 says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Does this mean that Jesus was not there before? Of course not. He's always there, but the disciples explained what they saw. Again, in John 20, verses 26 to 27, Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in their midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands, and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Jesus entered into the room while the door was shut, something which is physically impossible to do with the body. So he must have been a spirit at that time. However, Thomas physically touched him and put his finger in his wounds, which means that he also must have had a body. Therefore, it is possible for him to be both at once body and spirit. And this is a clear biblical example of the manifestation of this miracle. St. Serapion discusses how this is a symbol, an actual type or an antitype, not a spiritual or physical manifestation. Rather, it is true and mystical. In the final invocation, the priest says, And this bread he makes into the holy body of Christ. In the proper Alexandrian rite, there is one invocation at the offering of the Lamb addressed to the Son, two other invocations addressed to the Holy Spirit, and a final invocation to the Son. The first invocation uses the words, Change them, and the following ones used for manifestation to reveal himself on the bread and wine. This was improperly translated throughout the years, and now there is more than one change that occurs in the prayers because the word has been added where it should not have been. In the liturgy of St. Mark, there was an attempt to make it similar to the Antiochian prayers of St. Beelzebub and of St. Gregory, which has only one single invocation at the end. For this reason, in the liturgy of St. Mark, the litanies were inserted prior to the invocation. This can be seen as the use of the word sacrifice or theseia is used before the litanies, which would otherwise not be allowed to be used after a transformation or change has occurred. This can also be seen in the liturgy of St. Gregory with the deacon response, greet one another as we mentioned earlier. Now that we've concluded that there is not a single point in time when the change has occurred, what do we receive when we partake of the Eucharist? Do we receive bread or do we receive body? Do we receive wine or do we receive blood? And the answer to that and the answer to that can be seen in the liturgy, in the hymnology of the church. One of the old communion prayers uh, of the liturgy is Pioik, or the bread of life. The words of the first few lines are, The bread of life, which came down for us from heaven, has given life to the world. And you too, O Mary, have borne in your womb the rational manna, which came from the Father. You have brought him forth without blemish, and he gave us his body and his precious blood, and we live forever. Here, the first words of this chant, of this praise, of this hymn, is the bread of life. 
Christ said he is the bread of life. We receive his body, but it is in the form of bread. It is at the same time bread and at the same time body. What we receive in our mouth is bread, but it is the body of Christ at the same time. We are not to understand this mystery. It is truly a mystery of the church. It is a sacrament. It is a mystery as we've, we've gone through what, what that means, what that entails. But it's truly a mystery. It is the mystery that we receive in the form of bread and wine. This is contrary to the Catholic doctrine of transubstantiation, which they believe they receive the flesh, the true flesh, and the true blood. And if you were to take a molecule, or if you were to take a fragment of the of the Eucharist and put it under a microscope, you would see human cells. We don't go to that extreme and say that, that the bread and wine are literally transformed and are actually the flesh and blood of Christ, that if you were to put under a microscope, are human flesh and human blood rather we we look at it as a mystery and that's the simplicity of the coptic church and not having to to find a specific answer which appeals to reason to justify everything that we do rather it is a mystery and we are to approach this mystery in humility and understand that it is beyond us and that there's not a single one point in time where something is transformed and that even after the transformation we still receive bread which is the body of christ i just want to conclude this discussion on the Eucharist and the transformation of the Eucharist by reading a story from the Paradise of the Fathers that discusses or that, that underlines this point of the substance of the Eucharist. So this is what Abba Daniel the Pharaonite said. Our father Abba Arsenius told us of an inhabitant of Skidus, of notable life and of simple faith. Through his naivety, he was deceived and said, the bread which you receive is not really the body of Christ, but a symbol. Two old men having learnt that he had uttered the saying, knowing that he was outstanding in his way of life, knew that he had not spoken through malice, but through simplicity. So they came to find him and said, Father, we have heard a proposition contrary to the faith on the part of someone who says that the bread which we receive is not really the body of Christ, but a symbol. The old man said, It is I who said this. Then the old man exhorted him, saying, Do not hold this position, Father but hold one in conformity with that which the Catholic Universal Church has given us. We believe for our part that the bread itself is the body of Christ and that the cup itself is his blood, and this is all truth and not a symbol. But as in the beginning, God formed man in his image, taking the dust of the earth without anyone being able to say that it is not the image of God, even though it is not seen to be so. Thus it is with the bread which he said that this is his body. And so we believe that it is really the body of Christ. The old man said to them, As long as I have not been persuaded by the thing itself, I shall not be fully convinced. So they said, Let us pray God about this mystery throughout the whole of this week, and we believe that God will reveal it to us. The old man received the saying with joy, and he prayed in these words, Lord, you know that it is not through malice that I do not believe, and so that I may not err through ignorance, Reveal this mystery to me, Lord Jesus Christ. The old men returned to their cells, and they also prayed to God, saying, Lord Jesus Christ, reveal this mystery to the old man, that he may believe and not lose his reward. God heard their prayers, and at the end of the week, they came to the church on Sunday, and all three sat together, the old man in the middle. Then their eyes were opened, and when the bread was placed on the altar, there appeared, as it were, a little child to these three alone. And when the priest put out his hand to break the bread, Behold, an angel descended from heaven with a sword, pierced the child, and poured his blood into the chalice. 
When the priest cuts the bread into small pieces, the angel also cut the child into pieces. When they drew near to receive the sacred elements, the old man alone received a morsel of bloody flesh. Seeing this, he was afraid and cried out, Lord, I believe that this bread is your flesh and this chalice your blood. Immediately, the flesh which he had held in his hand became bread, according to the mystery, and he took it, giving thanks to God. Then the old man said to him, God knows human nature and that man cannot eat raw flesh, and that is why he has changed his body into bread and his blood into wine, for those who receive it in faith. Then they give thanks to God for the old man, because he had allowed him not to lose the reward of his labor. So all three returned with joy to their own monastic cells. For it is not in vain that the Lord said, Take, eat, this is my body, and drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for their mission of sins. What a beautiful and powerful story we have here that conveys to us the mystery and the beauty and the simplicity of the Eucharist. Approach the Eucharist in faith. It is a mystery. Don't try to analyze it and rationalize it with your mind. Receive your Creator. Receive the Maker of the universe. Enter into union with God and with one another. An important thing that I forgot to mention is that when the Holy Spirit is descending or when there is a transformation, the transformation occurs to transform the bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ, but also to transform all of us who are in church into the body of Christ. So it's it's significant for us because as we are entering into union with God, it is inseparable from the union in which we enter with one another. Receive the Eucharist, go on church on Sunday, receive it in faith, Christ is in our midst. Freely I received, freely I give. Have a blessed day. Until next time, God is with you.